Hi, welcome to the Nikki Landry Show. My name's Nikki and I'm the host of the podcast. This is a series of podcasts that deal with relationships, whether it deals with marriage, dating, employment, family matters, or whatever type of relationships you encounter. We have some of the best guests on the show and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, Drew, sales playbook builder, uh, Williams, proud father, entrepreneur, and sales growth specialist from Canada. You help founders build sales playbooks to drive repeatable, scalable revenue, which is something I know uh, me being an entrepreneur myself is something so hard to achieve. Um, mm-hmm. So if you are, if you're listening to this podcast, and I'm sure you and Drew probably uh, will have a few things in common. So welcome to the show, Drew. Glad to be here, Nikki. Uh, what started your journey? Like what or who inspired you? Obviously, you probably just didn't wake up one morning and go, you know what? I want to write a sales playbook. I want to be an entrepreneur. Where did the journey begin? The journey began. There was one day where I woke up and I was like, I'm done with this nine to five and I'm just going to take a bet on myself um, and my brother at that at that time. So I my first job was in a restaurant and then got into sales and ended up working um, for a company, well, for 3M and had a six-figure um, sales job, personal vehicle, expense card, all these great things. And I was in my kind of mid, mid twenties. So this was like the life of the, oh, yeah, uh, sure. the salesperson. And it just, there's something about it that wasn't satisfying and not fulfilling. Um, and at the same time, my brother was, um, going through a cancer diagnosis when mm-hmm. he was 23 and he had developed testicular cancer. Fast forward, he's happy and healthy. Okay. Um, now, but that got us to start a, um, a movement, a nonprofit called Heal for Life, it was healthy, everyday, active living for life, and was promoting um, young men's health, physical and and mental uh, mental health for for young men, specifically through through sports. Wow. I specifically remember this this time where I was hanging out with my brother, and I said, "Okay, I think we should just do this, and I'm going to quit my job at." 3M and just go ahead and we're going to go all in. And I remember because we were younger, we sat down with my parents and said, Hey, I'm quitting my job. My brother's quitting his job. And (laughs) we're both going to start our entrepreneurial journey today. And that's how it started. But did you have money saved up? I mean, it wasn't like you just started this with no money. You had to have like a little bit of a nest egg somewhere or no. Did you risk it all? I, I, I mean, I was, like I said, in the mid 20s, like in my mid 20s. So I didn't have um, a nest egg, didn't have anything that was there, like a traditional like nest egg that I could be like, you know what? No problem. If this doesn't work, no problem. Is like I was willing to accept the risk. And like I said, bet on my better myself. Good for you. And it's paying off. So um, you have a four step building a sales. You have a playbook. How did you come up with that? Can you tell us the four steps or is that something we have to go watch somewhere else? It's not proprietary. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can, um, I I I like, yeah, I mean, I'm all about sharing, um, valuable content. And I mean, I'm going through this entrepreneurial journey myself and I know that it's a challenge. It's a bit lonely and it's hard to find really high quality resources to help you out. So I love teaching and coaching as much as I can on LinkedIn and sharing resources and creating templates for entrepreneurs. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, if you fast forward 10, 15 years from that first <laughs> step into the entrepreneurial world, um, I leveraged my sales skills and started working with technology startups as the first salesperson. And what I noticed was these founders and entrepreneurs, they didn't necessarily come from a sales background. And mm-hmm. this whole world of sales was very challenging and mysterious. And it was like this foreign world that they didn't know anything about other than used car salespeople. Mm-hmm. And what I realized was like, 
Um, I could bring a lot of value to them in helping them extract the processes that they've been doing all along. So if, if you're an entrepreneur and you've sold something, whether it's $1, $100, $1,000, a million dollars, if you've sold something, you've taken a buyer or a prospect through a buying process. Um, right. You just don't know it. So my job is to help extract that out of your mind, put that into a sales playbook so that you can then take that, all those nuances, all those insights and hand it off to somebody else to, to do that. And that's really the foundation to scale repeatable um, systems and processes for, for sales. So yeah, we, I break it down into four steps. It's audit, align, assemble, and accelerate. And if we look at those four individually, really simple. One, audit. So auditing your existing sales resources, any sales systems and processes that you currently have, um, whether it's an email that you sent out that works over and over again, or a paid ad that's been working, document that into a playbook, and then you align it to a framework. So I have a free sales playbook template that you can align all of your resources to. And then number three, you put it together. And it's as simple as putting it into a Google Doc um, as a starting point. There's tools you can use, LMSs, wikis, process uh, platforms that you can then put it in. But I just recommend anybody starting off, put it into Google Doc. And then the fourth piece is accelerate. And the accelerate piece is this idea of, and when I draw it out, I draw it in a, um, in a, in a circle. So it's cyclical. So the sales playbook just doesn't, once you build it, doesn't sit on your shelf. You're constantly <laughs> revisiting it to help accelerate and make it better. So you're looking at where it's lacking and improving that and looking where it's succeeding and doubling down on that. That's such good advice too, because I know for me as an entrepreneur, when I'm on my e-commerce site, I'm looking at things that are working and things that aren't. And one of the problems is I forget to write it down, like keeping a ledger, like you're talking about, like, okay, this worked, this ad worked, or, you know, this email worked, I, you know, my open rate was at 62% versus 4% with the other one that I can kind of keep, you know, online, I can see that. But I yeah. think you're right. Like to just physically write things down. Also, I think it helps with your memory as well. Yeah, it's both. It's it's the memory and also documenting. This is the biggest thing. When you look at successful companies, they don't scale and grow, whether it's to five people or 50 people or 500 people, they don't grow or scale just by having rogue people working on rogue projects. They, they grow based on systems and that have been documented. And it's not an exciting part of being a founder and entrepreneur is documenting those processes. But the best advice I can give you is to document them. And the simple thing um, before you even start thinking about a sales playbook is just create a Google doc, call it sales playbook or business playbook and have it open as a tab every day you start your day. And when something is working or you had, a, like you said, a good idea or an ad that worked, mm -hmm. copy and paste it, put it down there. It doesn't have to be neat. doesn't have to be formatted correctly. That's the starting point of building systems for repeatable and scalable sales. So speaking about sales and sales teams, like as an entrepreneur, how do you go about building your first sales team? How do you know you even need one? That's a good question. Um, so, so two parts there. I mean, how do you know when you need one? I think is it really depends on your goals as an entrepreneur. Um, a lot of people, um, like when I think of shows like Shark Tank and Dragons, then you watch people go on there and a lot of the investors, they, they, they love the entrepreneur, love the idea of the business. But what they say is like, you're making good money for yourself. You're making good margins. You're taking home, let's say five figures or six figures you're putting in your pocket and you get to live your own life and make your own schedule. Go, go for it. I mean, just do that. If that yeah. makes you happy, then continue to do that. But if you want to grow to millions of dollars and hundreds of employees, um, it's a different beast and it's a different world. And you have to really 
um, have a look in the mirror as an entrepreneur and say, do I enjoy my lifestyle today and the income that I have, or do I want to take it to the next level? But that means me becoming a different person because it takes a different person to lead a $10 million company than a $500,000 kind of personal, personal endeavor. Yeah. What do you think makes a good entrepreneur? Like what, what are some of the traits, obviously a passion, but what do you think are the top traits for a successful entrepreneur? You definitely have to be, there's the idea of passion. I, I, I agree with, but I think there's also this like idea of curiosity. Like when we were talking before, you're talking about being a, a lifelong learner like yourself and, and getting, just enjoying, absorbing all that information. And um, when I put my sales hat on, the best salespeople are just genuinely curious about the people that they sell to and the problem that they solve. So if you're interested and very curious about something, then it's a great place to, to start your business and you're if you are curious, you're just going to be curious forever. So you're always going to stay interested. You're always going to stay motivated to be um, kind of on top of it. I think the other thing is, well, two other things. One is just embracing that journey, embracing that. They sometimes people call just embracing the suck. It's going to be lonely. It's going to be hard. You're not going to know where sometimes the next dollar is going to come from or the next $10. Um, You might wake up and not know what your purpose is or what you're actually going to do during the day. (laughs) And so you have to like that. Yeah. But you have to enjoy that. So you have to embrace that. You really have to do that. Otherwise you're going to build a business that you're not going to enjoy and you're going to hate. You're actually going to do the opposite of what you want to do. Cause like people, when you get, when you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to start your own business. You want to make your own rules, create your own life, create your own schedule, all that sort of thing. Um, But you have to really embrace those days where it's um, a little a little challenging. And I think the last thing that I would say for successful entrepreneurs in my experience, because um, I work with a lot of like founders and, and startups and the ones that get it right are ones that action and take action every day and every week. They don't get paralysis by analysis. They don't sit around and think about what I should do or if I should send this email or if I should create this lead magnet or if I should start a podcast or not. They just decide I'm going to start a podcast and I go do it, or I'm going to create this. I'm going to double down on lead generation through LinkedIn and I'm going to commit to posting every single day Mm -hmm. and they do it and they don't think twice. They just add it to their list of things and they just go and execute every single day. I know a lot of times when I go to my site and I'm like, oh, no sales, no sales, like day after day, right? No sales, no sales. But you know, I'll tell you when you get that first sale, you're like, yes, right? It's like such a yeah. it's such a big high that knowing that what you're doing is paying off that someone else too enjoys your product. Your well, the service. fact that you created something like this is the, the my favorite part about working with founders and entrepreneurs is that we're, we're people who have like thought of something, created some sort of product or service around it, taking a risk to like leave our job or work on this as a Mm -hmm. side hustle. And not only did we do this with the intention of kind of creating a life for ourselves, but we're doing this in service of our clients and our customers and the people that we're interested in. And the fact that you can create something just from your from your brain and from hard work <laughs> right. and dedication cool. and provide value that somebody else is willing to pay you a premium and they're they're benefiting from it they're smiling and their business is getting better because of you or their life is getting better because yeah. of you that's the that's the best that's the best place definitely when you see the the striper count go up but also when you see happy clients improving um their business or their life absolutely so if i was going to create a, a winning sales book uh, a playbook what what would that look like is it more towards the google docs and taking notes that we just 
discussed earlier? Yeah. So I would say there's different in terms of, um, I guess there's, there's a couple of things there. There's like, what, what are the contents of it? So what, sh- what should be, what should be in a, a sales playbook? And then also how do you kind of roll it out to a sales team once you start hiring, hiring them? So first step, open a Google doc, like I said, call it sales playbook, start documenting your processes. That's the best thing. Think of that audit, align, assemble and accelerate framework. I love that. So start documenting your, your sales processes. And the first thing that I have clients do when I work with them is think, think through your sales process. So as the entrepreneur, as a founder, take out a piece of paper, draw like 10 boxes with little arrows in between as a process from like lead generation. So where do people find out about you to when they finally pay you um, and map that out step-by-step, like literally just map it out step-by-step. They go on my website, they download a lead magnet. I I book a call with them. I follow up with them on email, like map it all out. And essentially that's the framework for your, your sales playbook. And you can just create chapters based on each of those individual steps. Um, And once it's in Google docs, then, okay, how do we make an effective playbook for a a remote team, which a lot of teams are remote. Yeah. Like there's tools like, Trainual and Upmarket that are all like SaaS platforms, technology tools mm-hmm. that you can then take that playbook and extract, let's say a four week onboarding plan. So you can take as- aspects of the playbook, put it into a tool so that when someone logs in, you can assign them a topic, assign them tasks, they can go through it, you can create a quiz. Um, so then it turns into more of an onboarding and, and training tool. Um, and there's lots of those sorts of tools out there. What platforms have you used to market your company. What do you suggest? What's worked and what hasn't? Yeah. So for me, I've chose to just double down on creating content and creating relationships through through LinkedIn. So okay. that's that's kind of like my venue that I'm I'm committing to. I haven't done a whole lot of from the paid ad side of things, mm-hmm. um, but it's more of that and also partnerships. Um, so for me, I wanted to be smart with my money and I d- don't have that nest egg to, let's say, spend on paid ads. So how do you be effective with that? And one is creating content that's super valuable for people that they consume, they get to know you, they get warmed up to like um, what you're all about. So that's what I do. And also just picking one, let's say lead generation strategy or client acquisition strategy and just making it better and better every week is what I would recommend as opposed to trying a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit there. Um, The best advice I can give and and what I've seen successful is just kind of doubling down on one, one strategy, one product, one service, one ideal customer profile, one niche and just go, go, go. Awesome. All right. Final question is scenario. Someone is a brand new entrepreneur. They have an idea. They're like, "Mm, maybe I want to, you know, sell socks, for example. What's the first thing that they need to do? They have, they don't know anybody. They don't have any connections. They may have a LinkedIn profile. They really don't have a lot of money to spend on ads, but they're really passionate about these socks. What's the first thing that you would suggest to them? I would say first thing to do is go out and talk to people that you think are going to like the socks. Um, (laughs) So if these are particular, I don't know if we say that they are winter socks that are for mailmen uh, in the winter in Canada, because it's minus 30 here, especially designed to walk around for eight hours a day, then I would start just talking to mailman mm-hmm. and talking to the potential customer, the potential clients um, of, of ours and ask them about their day. Ask them about what makes the socks that they're wearing no good. And imagine they could have a better solution. Just go out there and research and talk to your customer because the more you know about your customer, right. the more you know about your potential customers, the better sales conversations you're going to have, the better content you can create for them, the better advertising you can have for them. Uh, because if you just create something and just start 
throwing spaghetti at the wall, right. it's not going to work because what you need to do is really solve a problem. And in order to solve a problem, you need to intimately understand the world um, of that other person and be incredibly empathetic and be able to speak their world and mm-hmm. their challenges and their hopes and dreams back to them. Because once you understand them, then you can really design a product or service that serves their needs. And you're so right too, because I think once you start reaching out and speaking to customers, potential customers, you're going to see a trend among those people. They're all going to have something in common that they like about socks. And you're like, oh, most people are looking for wool socks, say. So now I know, okay, now maybe I want to gear towards more wool socks, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's fair to assess. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The more you know about, like I said, the more you know about their world, the better you can serve them and the better conversations you can have with them. Absolutely. Thank you, Drew. Oh, give us your website. Where where can we find you? Yeah, you can head over to, um, no surprise here, salesplaybookbuilder.io. Uh, <laughs> and if you wanted to um, head to the salesplaybookbuilder.io slash build now, just B-O-I-L-D-N-O-W. There's a, um, a free template and a guided sales playbook design. That's, that's a free resource out there. So if you are an entrepreneur and you wanted to start thinking about building out a sales playbook, it's a great free resource um, for you. And then you can connect with me on LinkedIn. If you just search for uh, Drew Sales Playbook Builder Williams, I'll be there and yeah, share some other insights and other coaching and teaching and um, sales related content for entrepreneurs. Love it. Thank you so much. A lot of great information. So uh, much success to you and your company. And thank you for sharing your insights and giving us free stuff. We love free stuff. (laughs) (laughs) We all do. Thanks, Nikki. It was was great. Thanks. And a special thank you to Benstown Branding for helping me with my intro of my podcast. You can find them at benstownbranding.com.